what God is going to bring this morning. I am equally as excited, and I'm going to be honest, as petrified. Because it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a bit of change. But it's one of those where when God planted this thought, I was like, oh, that's me as well. And it's one of those challenges that I'm like, I'm not great at this, but I need to get better at this. So we've been looking at, well, in January, this series of Making It Count, Make It Count. So we started off back literally on the 31st of December, on the eve of the new year. And then we've been looking every week since in different forms of what it means to make it count. You know, in the fact of don't count the days, but make the days count. We then looked at how we can be faithful and faith-filled. And then looking at how our actions, and we need to make our eyes, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And most importantly, making 2018 count. But the challenge this week that I'm feeling as much as I think it is for all of us as well as a community, is making family count. Making family count. And by this I mean our connections with each other, our relationships with each other. You know, we've all got different families at home. Of Some of them are great examples of family. Some of them, not so great. But we all are this family of God. We are all here as believers in one God and we are all a family in that way. We are all a family in that way. And sometimes I know myself, I've got, you know, quite deep friendships that I've grown over the, I think, 12 years I've been here now, which is shocking. (laughs) But also some people that I've just got to know in the last 12, 18 months. And I'm like, God, this is amazing. This is a true picture of what family is. Whether it's the disagreements that we have, whether it's the let's go out for meals together, when we make up, when we celebrate good and bad times together, we are that family unit. And this week, I had the privilege of going to Limitless Leaders. For those of you that don't know, Limitless is the name of our youth movement for Elim. Um, So they have their annual leaders conference, which is what I went to um, this week. And whilst I was there, Tim Alford, who's the national director, he's been here a couple of times as well. He was reminding us of the vision and the mission of us as a youth movement. And at this point, I was rolling my eyes and thinking, I don't want to listen to another vision sermon. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) we'd had our leaders meeting in the week and, you know, we were singing it and everything from here. Then I was like, oh, not another one. Because we become so familiar with what God's asked us to do. We become so familiar with who we are and we, we know the words, but... I was like, oh, I'm away, I've got it again. But I was like, in this, God, you better do something because I'm sat here now all week and what are you going to bring? And I was blown away, absolutely blown away. 
but I'm going to test us all first because I'm going to remind us and myself of what our vision and our mission and our values are. So I've got them written down. I think I know them anyway, but I've got them written down. So our vision is basically what we are and the way that we're going to physically do something. So this is our reach, raise and release. So it's how we're physically doing them. If we look this side, on the side of the wall, here we have these beautiful sayings. Can we see them, the reach, raise and release? They're there every week, guys. They're not even new. <laughs> and then our mission is to see well, is to transform our communities with the love and the life of God. Something that literally is kind of in our DNA. We naturally want to see our communities change. We naturally want to see people saved and come to faith in God. No matter what way we do that, whether it's the conversations we have, whether it's talking to people in our ministries, it is just part of who we are. It's nothing new. And then, this is where I, this is where I struggle now, our key values. So what is important to us, the way that we do things. And these are all those W's that some of you may remember from a couple of, well, from last year. You may remember them. So to be a people of welcome, witness, worship, the word, works and wonders. And I'm just like, they, they are right because I wrote them down. I could hear a little cheer over here. I did write them down in case I did forget one. But these are things that are part of us and who we are and what we do. And these are things that, you know, I'm aware of. Every so often I'll mention them at different things I'm doing. But they're things that we naturally do. Because this is us. This is who we are as a family, but we can become so familiar with what we're trying to do and what we are aiming to do that we also forget it, yeah. that we also forget it. So back to this conference then, so I was sat there in this lecture theatre at Regents and what Tim brought was something quite different. It was like being sat in a, in, you know, in a dark room and you know what the mission is. You know you've got to get out of that dark room. So I knew the main part of us being there is to see these next generations saved and loving Jesus and on that journey. And I knew the vision of how we're going to do that. And I knew that. But what Tim said, it was almost like, you know, he turned that light switch on and then I became of the surroundings of not just the mission of turning the light on and seeing these kids saved, but also to pause and to take in the actual surroundings and the context that we're in. And what he was talking about was family. And he was basically, he started off and said, family is our heart. Family is our heart. And I was just paused in that moment and bowled over with what he was saying there because I know our youth you know we are as dysfunctional as the next family when we have little arguments with each other especially teenage girls when we have those boys bringing in as deep as they can and then calling each other ape in the very manly way that they do but also the fact that they look out for one another if anybody says anything about them, that's it. They're there. They, you know, they're not starting fights, but they've, they've got each other's back. 
They're looking out for each other in a way that family does best. And it's the fact that we, you know, do as much as we can and take as much of these opportunities to get them together and to get them to get connected, get them looking out for each other, that sometimes we are too busy doing the programme. Sometimes we get too busy thinking about how we're going to reach their friends, how we're going to get them to talk to their friends about God, how we're going to get them on board with the next big thing, that we forget sometimes to spend time as a family and to do family together with each other. And we're pausing at the moment, and this is what we're doing in our, in our youth here at church, is we are going to have a look at what it means to be family. So when I was there and hearing Tim talk, I was like, I think this is from God. Do you know how God confirms it? And it was just that moment of us being together as family. But the word family, I had a little look at what it actually means, and it's all descendants of a common ancestor of a common ancestor and I was like yep that's us that is us we are all sat here as children of God we are all under this common umbrella of family it goes beyond what our earthly family looks like it's deeper than that you know in a room I know that from when we I've done stuff with my life group back in the day and We'd go out for the pub quiz. That was a very firm favourite. And we'd be sat as a very weird bunch of people because we're all different ages, all different backgrounds, let alone different things that we look like and different things that we were wearing. But we are all that family of God together. And I think sometimes we can neglect this family in a way that, we just take it for granted. We become too familiar with it. And I just love the fact that as we are family, we are united. We're united. And it got me to thinking about different pictures of family in the Bible. And I paused and the first one that I thought of was that picture of that fellowship of believers in the early church in Acts. And I was thinking that is the family that we are a part of. A family that is all doing a similar thing together. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to these famous couple of verses. So it's Acts 2, verse 42. So Acts 2, verse 42. So it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had needs. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that word fellowship, I know in my Bible it's got a little title that says the fellowship of believers. And, but that word fellowship, it means unity. 
It's people doing one thing, going for one thing in a united way. And I was chatting to Pastor Sarah about this and she was saying, imagine it like a ship. That we're all in this ship and we are all rowing together in the same direction. We are a fellowship, we are a unity, together going for one same goal. For one same goal. But I just want to pick this apart a little bit. Because the first things it mentions is the fact that they were devoted. They devoted themselves to the teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. They didn't just turn up, they made family counts. If we're devoted, we're going beyond just being present in a room. We're going beyond just ticking a box, just being somewhere to make it count. We are devoted. We're devoted. They did life together. When we devote ourselves to something, we give it our best. We strive for the excellence and the opportunities to make God's glory shine. We strive for that. And sometimes it's the easiest thing to do, but sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. Sometimes we get so bogged down in the day-to-day that we don't always make time to be a family of believers, to be a family, to be a fellowship together. But we're called to first love God. Then there's that comma, and it says... Then to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. We are equally called to do both things. We need to devote ourselves to his family, to his church, to this family, to this church. And the question is, how can we devote ourselves? What's one thing that we can do to change how we see this family, how we are together? Wendy's just reading a little Bible out loud. (laughs) It's fine, she's family, we'll forgive her and just look at her. (laughs) You have your own little sing-along version of the Bible. (laughs) But we are called to be devoted to one another and to make this family count as much as we make our own families count. And it's one of those things where do we hold it in the same recognition really is our own family sometimes we get familiar sometimes we neglect it but we need to make this family count and then the second thing it goes on to mention is that all believers were together and had everything in common they were together and had everything in common we need to make these opportunities to be together to make these opportunities It's not just waiting for us as a church to put on an event. I know yesterday morning, I had a great time along with the 20-odd other people that were there at the women's breakfast. And we shared together, we cried together, we celebrated together. But together, I know I came out of there and I was so uplifted for the rest of the day and everything else, the boring things I had to get done in that day. But I spent that time yesterday morning together with this family of sisters that I've got here. Of all different ages, of all different backgrounds, all different races. But we were together and we built everything up and everyone up. But 
it says that they were together all the time. And I was a little bit like, oh, I think I'd get a little bit fed up. I'll be honest. I mean, I love lots of you in here, <laughs> if not all. But I know if I'd got to be with you lot all the time, I'd, I would get a little bit, I'd get like a bit of cabin fever, I think. I'd just need to get out of the door every so often. I'd have to find a job to do, to go and just have a little five-minute fresh air. And I know some of you, as you're laughing and nodding along, are thinking the same thing. You know, there's time together, yeah. <laughs> there's time together, but also, sometimes, we can't be with everybody. Some of us aren't people people. Some of us like our own space. But they were together, but they were together in a way that they made their time together count. They made it count. You know, it doesn't say exactly what every single one of them did, but we know for a lot of their stories, a lot of them were going out, you know, making disciples, going out on like little missions and doing different things. But when they were together, they made their time count. And it reminded me of these very famous words, words from Proverbs. So Proverbs 27, 17, and it says, as iron sharpens iron, one person's one person sharpens another. When we spend time with each other, we sharpen one each other up. Yesterday, I spent literally about an hour and a half, two hours with the women of this church, and I was sharpened. I was encouraged. I was literally sent out in a way that made me conquer the rest of my day in a beautiful attitude. But... We need to remember to join together. We need to remember to join together. You know, there's lots of opportunities. Those of you that have grabbed a news oil when you're in, you'll see there's loads of things that we get up to in the week. You know, joining life groups. But remember, it's not about waiting for the church to put something on. It's about making our own opportunities. This week, someone said to me that there are 21 easy opportunities a week to be together. And I was like, is this, is this a silly question? I don't know the answer. I'm thinking 21. What do I do 21 of in a week? But what this, what this man said is, there's 21 times that we join together for food, that we have meals each week. So if we have three meals a day, and normally seven days a week, there are 21 opportunities that we can take up to invite somebody around, to go and grab a coffee, to have breakfast together, to have an evening meal together. I know some of us might skip a few of these during the day, but there are 21 opportunities in a week. And I was bowled over by that, and I was thinking, how many of these have I wasted? How many have I wasted? And it really made me think, who can I intentionally invite for coffee in this next week? Who can I intentionally make an opportunity to come together and have fellowship together with? And it's just that easy thing of going for coffee, inviting someone round to your house, cooking for them. It doesn't matter if it's beans on toast, like I'm sure Sarah would dish up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She can cook, I'll say that. She can cook, but she's not great. <laughs> but she can cook but we might go we might go round to Wendy's and Wendy might do us a lavish three course Sunday lunch 
Every Monday morning, we hear about, Wendy, about Wendy's Sunday lunches. And I'm like, what happened to takeaway, Wendy? What? <laughs> but we've got these opportunities that we need to take and make the most of. And then finally, every day, they came together with glad and sincere hearts. It's hard in our cultural context to think about how they came together and would manage coming together every day. How would they manage that? But they did it. It's not that we're thinking, I can't do it every single day. It's the fact that we try and schedule in different things. We try and think, okay, I've got to make time for this, this and this. You know, we've got to make time for for our earthly normal family. We've got to make time to actually get our job done and the stuff that that involves. We've got to make time to have devotional time with God. But sometimes do we think about scheduling time where we can be together? Time where we can be together. And when we come together, exactly as it says, they came together with glad and sincere hearts. It's about being present. It's about being present in the moment. Not just taking up a seat. Not just being there, but your mind's wandering elsewhere. I know there's times that that happens. You know, this is what I found one of the most challenging things. Because sometimes schedules demands that I need to be at X, Y, and Z, and sometimes I'm just there. And I'm like, God, help me to be present in the moment. Help me to listen and be there and devoted to the things that I'm at. And sometimes that's the hardest thing, is to be devoted, but to have the right heart and the right attitude when we're actually there. And, you know, I'm speaking to myself in this, but they, they managed it. In the early church, they came together with glad and sincere hearts. They spent the moments together talking about life, doing life together, sharing communion together, talking of all God does. And God speaks to us as we sacrifice this time with him. When we sacrifice that time to be together, when we sacrifice that time to be with him, he shows up. He shows up. And the early church, they came together as a family, as a family, in a way that they counted that family as much as they counted their earthly physical family. They got together. They were devoted to each other. And they had these glad and sincere hearts. They had glad and sincere hearts. And we need to remember that we are his family, that we are connected to each other. Our connections in one way go deeper than blood because they go as deep as his blood. We've got that common thing that we hold together. As I start to wrap up, I want to share a bit of a picture that God showed me a couple of months ago. And I just... Wrote it, wrote it down in my journal. And I was like, I'm not sure what this picture's for. But and I just left it there. And then as I was preparing, I just knew it was for now. So I just want to take this opportunity to share this. So if you all just want to close your eyes and just imagine for me. So imagine a rope. A thick, strong rope that's made up of many ties. 
its ties are beginning to wear and in some places they snap. These ties are us, the children of God. We make up one rope, one body. Our relationships fray, they snap. We stop belonging to the rope, to the body, to the family. Sometimes we even stop belonging to God and walk away. But these ties, the little frayed ends, are still there. We need to be a family and put them back together. They've not disappeared. We need to sew them back together. Sew them back together. And that picture was, I think for now, I think for us as a body, as a family, as a unity, as a fellowship, as a group of believers, as a family with that common ancestor, with that common father. You may be thinking there's certain people that you've lost along the way. Maybe you're one of the ones that has moved away from the body a little bit. But we are still all attached. We are still all attached. And we need to look out for ourselves in how we wonder, but also look out for each other.